Welcome to Rising Coaches with Sophia Bernardi. I'm your host, mindset and business coach, here to help you build unstoppable confidence in yourself and take your business to six figures and beyond. I've built a six-figure business in under 12 months and more importantly, have helped my clients to get incredible results in their life, business and relationships using my signature programs. You are in the right place if you are looking to master your mindset and create a business and life filled with passion, joy and abundance. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Rising Coaches with Sophia Bernardi. I am so excited about today's episode because I have had the privilege and honor of interviewing the beautiful Elise Danielle. She was able to create a million dollar business in under four years, and in today's episode, She's going to be sharing with you exactly how she did that and the mindset that supported her to create that because we all know by now how big a role mindset plays when it comes to building your business. So a little bit of a background on Elise, she is known in the online space as being a badass business mentor and mindset coach whose obsession is helping you create a wildly purposeful and profitable business that serves you as much as you love to serve your humans. She is all about showing you how to grow and scale your business in a way that defies, you know, the rules of marketing and logic. And that's something I really love about Elise is she's all about telling you all the things you don't need to do, right? Because there's a lot of noise in the online space about the 50 million things you need to do. And we chat about that so much in this episode. So after starting and scaling her business in a really short period of time, hitting six figures in under 10 months, growing to multiple six figures in under 24 months um, with unheard conversion rates and a passion for real relationship-based sales and scaling to just under 1 million in total revenue in under four years, she has now made it her mission to help driven women, aka you, grow and scale their purpose-based business in a way that feels really fucking good. So enjoy this episode, ladies, and make sure you go check her out at the end. Hello, Elise. How are you today? I am so good, Sophia. How are you, lovely? I'm very well. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Just for some context for everyone, um, Elise interviewed me very recently on her podcast, so definitely go follow her and check out that episode because we chatted loads about mindset and all the things to grow your online business. And I'm so excited to now move this conversation here and dive a lot deeper into Elise's story. So Elise, do you want to share with us? I think it would be so great to just kind of hear how you scaled simply and quickly, um, yeah, from zero to like a million dollars in in just a few years, really. So I'd love for you to to share that with everyone. Thank you. Okay, it's a it's a bit of a long story, but I will try to make it as brief as possible. But long story short, this is technically my third business. So my first business was teaching yoga full-time. That was the first job. Well, not job, but like contracting self-employment. I delved into full-time. Oh, how long ago was that? Probably six or seven years ago at this stage, which is insane to say out loud. Um, so I taught yoga full-time. I then, um, delved into holistic nutrition. So that was my background along with a wide variety of psychology, marketing, so many random different things that make so much sense, you know, in hindsight, um, delved into that. So I was doing that in person, moved that online. And that was really my first online business did that for a few years. 
enjoyed it, but enjoyed the mindset aspect of it so much more and really saw that to be the game changer in my clients, really seeing physical results in a different way, really healing their relationship to food and their bodies and really being able to create what they wanted. And so that was such a, a, along with like, I mean, so many years of meditation and personal development and spiritual stuff and yoga that had kind of gone into, um, what really enabled me to start off so strongly in this business. So I always like to give that con that context. Cause I think it can be so hard sometimes when we do see people that do grow their businesses to six figures very quickly. Once we opened up the doors to this business, I think I was fully booked within a couple months. I had hit my first 10 K in sales within like eight weeks, we had hit 10 K cash months by week 12. And then we scaled to six figures cash received in like 10 months. So that's incredibly fast. And so I, I don't give all of that context to, to say that it's not possible for you. I have a ton of clients that have scaled to six figures in under a year as well, but I think it's just so important to know that there's so much that goes into that. And I had a lot of practice with the mindset aspect of things, with my belief systems, with the actual just practical marketing, um, so, you know, sales psychology, just knowing my humans really well. I had so much practice of all of that from not only my previous businesses, but like my education and jobs I had done before. So I just say that really to, for you guys to have permission, because I, I will absolutely share all of the pieces that really helped us scale and you know, now we've gone over a million in total revenue, which is incredible in less than four years. But I think it's so important to know that I didn't just start business from day one in this business. And I, you know, as I was saying, I think that's so important because so many, I mean, most of my colleagues and friends who are six and seven business owners, six and seven figure business owners, most of them what you saw was them scaling really quickly, just like me too. But a lot of them had so much of a background that, you know, isn't seen on socials simply because nobody knew who we were <laughs> before then. Right. Um, so yeah, that's like kind of the, just, we opened the doors to this business. I was so clear on exactly who I was meant to serve, exactly what the problem was, exactly what the solution was, exactly why I was such a key factor and the best person to support them in that. And I just ran at that messaging. And that was such a key part to us really picking up so much momentum at the beginning. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I think, you know, that says a lot about you that you openly share that because it could, it's so easy to be like, yeah, I did it in that time and, and forget to mention all of the things from before that. Um, I think yeah. that's really reassuring for everyone listening that there's always more to the shiny picture that you see kind of on yeah. social media for a lot of people. So you should never compare because of course, even if, um, you know, your previous businesses were slightly different business models, I can only imagine it would have taught you so much about what to do and what not to do in this business. So of course that plays such a huge role in this as well. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. And I love what you said there. Cause you're exactly right. Like the only reason why, I mean, look, I'd invested a ton 
in my own education and mentorship and coaching. And that absolutely supported me tenfold to get to where I got um, and how quickly I was able to get there. But absolutely, most of the, like the biggest pieces I just learned from trial and error, just like everyone else. But a really key piece of what enabled me to keep going and what enabled me to then show up and really create such big results in such a short period of time was me not making myself wrong for all of those mistakes. And I think that's like one of the biggest things I see stop so many women from either getting the business off the ground, scaling to six figures and beyond is that we beat ourselves up about the timeline. We tell ourselves stories either consciously or unconsciously that we're not doing it fast enough, that we should be further than we are by now, that what's wrong with us, that we can't figure it out. And we see all of these people scaling in all of these crazy timelines. And that is what stops us from really creating what we want. And I know you speak so much to mindset, so I'm sure you're with me on that one. Oh, 100%. It's so, so important. Like, I feel like I've made every mistake and more. And I'm so grateful for every challenge that's come my way, because that's what allows you to grow. Like, if you think about it, um, everyone that's, you know, that million dollar business owner that everyone wants to be, um, they're just people that have stayed in it throughout every challenge that's arised. It's literally the only difference is they just didn't give up, you know, throughout that. And they just have relentlessly moved towards what they wanted. (laughs) Yeah, I I completely agree. And they, like, I think so much of that is that like, just getting better and better at learning. Mm -hmm. And so much of that learning is usually not in the strategy, to be totally honest. Like, don't get me wrong. Some of that's from the strategy. But when I think back to, um, you know, what, how we're able to now have like six figure launches and create that in a month when that used to be something we would create in a year, it's not like I'm doing anything radically different. I just, I know my people even deeper. We've worked our processes and our, you know, our way of showing up, our way of marketing, our sales processes, all of those foundational pieces. And I've just gotten better and better at doing the refinement, holding more and not making myself wrong or not making you know, what we're seeing on the external means something about what we can create. And I know that's a little bit broad. So we'll go into more details because I know that can feel a little bit vague or maybe a little bit um, intangible, but I, I, it's so true. (laughs) And I think so many people are so surprised when they're like, well, what changed from like the first time we launched the mastermind and had not even a five figure launch to the last round, which was our second over six figure launch. And really nothing strategically in a big way, you know, like there, there's definitely been lots of learning that we apply again and again, the market has changed. We're always on top of those changes, but it's just the refinement and working your processes and really staying in that until you create the result that you want. So really, so you would say that it's been like, it's just been tiny tweaks the entire time from the same kind of strategy. And then um, just staying in that to kind of like throughout building that audience and like adjusting to any um, yeah, changes that happen on social media. 100%. Like whenever I support clients to go through launches, my non-negotiable is that you commit to doing it at least three times. <laughs> I, I played the same thing. Like you should seriously... Yeah. Do not give up on the first time. If I gave up on the first time I did anything, I would not have a business because every time I did something for the first time, it was appalling. Like 
I always tell my clients this example, but when I ran my first webinar, like I downloaded the um, the PowerPoint slides from Canva, I think, and something was just seriously wrong when it downloaded, like everything, just all the wording and stuff was just all over the place. So, and I never double checked it. So I went to go share my screen, my first webinar, and you couldn't see any of the, I had to like move everything, every single slide we changed to. It was <laughs> so embarrassing and just such a mess. And it could have been so easy for me to be like, you know what webinars aren't for me I give up I'm never doing it again but now like it helps me to generate 50k plus launches so imagine it's like that slight difference between whether you stay in it and just choose to improve and and look at okay what worked here what didn't work and do things differently right then being like never mind not doing that anymore right Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, overall, our strategy has not changed. Like the main core pieces of it. There's been a lot of refinement with that. There's been tweaks. Obviously it's naturally gained momentum because I've been running it for like three years now. So we have an obscene amount of testimonials and success stories and all of that, which absolutely helps, but it's so much more about just getting better and better at holding more or, you know, holding the space for it. Like my mindset during the launch is really the thing that's probably improved the most. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would also say just my willingness to continue to do it no matter what, like, I think what what has been a big change with me holding bigger launches, especially after our first, well, especially from the last launch from our first six figure launch is then again, not putting pressure on ourselves. I think, that is such a detrimental piece that we can do when we're really growing is then suddenly put all this pressure on ourselves. Like, oh my God, well, that was a six figure launch. So if we don't do that again, what does that mean? And what does that mean about the inevitability of my success? And what are other people going to think or what's going to happen? And all of that is where you can completely undo (laughs) all of the work you've put in and totally stuff yourself for the launch. Yeah, 100%. So what role would you say mindset does play in in launching? And also explain maybe what a launch even looks like for you because some people won't even know what launching is, I can imagine. Yeah, good question, good question. So the way I think about launching is just selling something over a shorter period of time or a defined, not even shorter, I would just say a defined period of time. So meaning there is like an open door, where people can start buying the program and a closed door where they can't. And so that's the, that's the only way I kind of define launching versus like evergreen would be, I guess, not launching in that you're constantly um, filling up spots. Yeah, exactly. Spots in the program. So it was interesting because going into this business, I had launched things before in my previous business and they had always fallen flat. So I really didn't want to do group programs <laughs> because I think I was like slightly traumatized from just having so many go so poorly and me just being so afraid of that happening again. And so launching for me has always been 99.9% mindset. And I say that because I think my strategy of sales and the strategy of, I spent pretty much the first year of my business only focusing on two offers. Both were one-on-one, not because that was like the right thing to do, but that was my preference. I loved it. Um, It made sense financially. I knew I could scale to well over six figures with that. And so I wanted that as a foundation before I added in other things. Um, A big plot, a big part rather of what I'm 
obsessed with with scaling simply is keeping everything insanely simple. And that means not releasing new offers every month. Like just the thought of that makes me want to gouge my eyeballs out. Cause it sounds like so much work. <laughs> um, but because we had really refined and I got really good at selling very high end, then it became really, really easy for me to get behind the mechanism, the strategy, and just the execution of selling more spots of something that was lower. And it made it so much easier for me to get behind mentally for me to not put pressure on myself. I think another huge part of that, especially for the first launch was that I didn't need the money. My business was already making well over six figures and I knew we were going to hit multiple six. So I, it didn't, I didn't need it to go a certain way because I didn't depend upon that income. And that helped me massively in terms of the pressure piece as well. Um, so that's kind of how I would define launching is essentially you open the doors to a program, you close the doors because the program starts. It's typically a group container. It, you know, the time variance, all of that can depend. Um, but that is what launching is. And now I've totally forgotten the second half of the question. Yeah. So what has supported you most uh, uh, mindset wise and strategically during launches? So knowing how to sell to my people and knowing how to like, just having that inner confidence that I could sell anything <laughs> and that if I was willing to show up, and to talk about the thing, I knew I would be able to get people in it. So that helped massively because I think if you don't feel really anchored in your ability to do sales your way, then needing to do a lot of sales in a short period of time is going to feel really, really hard. <laughs> and then there's just so many variables that you can't account for necessarily. So knowing my sales process, knowing my marketing process, Spending that year working with people on such a deep level meant that I knew my people inside and out. And I really knew what motivated them. I really knew what their gaps were. And I also really knew what the gap in my market was. So what I mean by that is I think, I think sometimes we want to do a launch or we want to create a program simply for the purpose of making more money. I'm not saying that's a bad thing by any means, but if we're also not approaching it from like one of my pillars, <laughs> which is like service and actually solving a problem for your people, it's going to be really hard to sell that thing. And I don't even mean strategically in the sense of there might not be a, we don't even know if it's a proven thing, if there's a demand for it, if there's a need for it, but I also mean your brain and your mindset around it, because if you're not super sold on why your people need this, how it solves a problem, how it fills a gap in your offer suite or in, you know, the way you're serving your humans in terms of the gaps in the market there, it's going to be really hard to one, have a warm audience for it. And two, really know how to position that and sell that really well. And I think a really key piece of knowing how to, you know, when we're talking about scaling and we're talking about stacking offers is it has to be intentional. We can't just make things up and throw them out there because I mean, we can, but the likelihood it's going to stick and sell as well is lower. Right. So when we can really identify that this, like, for example, my mastermind, content connections and conversions, that was solving a very clear gap in my market. I knew not everyone would be able to invest in one-on-ones straight away. I knew that these were the three things I was teaching all of my one-on-ones anyway. So there was a huge opportunity for me to be able to support more people with it. And I knew that the people I was targeting in my um, market, in my audience, were the people that were earlier 
for this position, for this offer. So I knew that this made sense for them too. So that's such a good way to look at, is this going to be the right offer to sell next? I think this is also a huge piece to not creating competing offers, which I think can be something that a lot of us do by accident when we're, you know, maybe not thinking super intentionally about what we're offering, but just trying to, and I get it. We've all been there just trying to make sales. You know, I think what we do a lot of the time is like, no one can afford this high-end offer or, you know, maybe we can't get behind it. And so we think the easier thing to do is going to be to create something lower priced and it's not unless it's really intentional and unless it's solving a really intentional problem that your people have. So because we were, I was so locked in on knowing who my people were, had worked really in depth with this process for a year. I was so sold on it. I knew my people needed it. I knew there was a gap in the market and I knew it was something that I was really about and like could believe in fully and was willing to show up for that as many times as it took for this to be a really scalable part of my business. I think that's so powerful that you shared all of that because, um, yeah, you're so right. People can really just, yeah, if you're not intentional about why you're doing what you're doing, you can end up yeah, conflicting with yourself with, with the decisions you make and, and causing more problems, if that makes sense. So I think, 100%. yeah, that's so powerful. Um, okay, beautiful. So I know something that you talk a lot about is, is things to not do or to not focus on in your business. And I love that because there is just a lot of noise on social media about the 1.5 million things things you need to do if you want to succeed <laughs> and I know that this is like really really supported you to to scale in the first place so could you share how you were able to block out that noise and sort of stay in your own lane when growing your business because I know that that is something people seriously struggle with like they coach hop for lack of a better term yeah they just keep being told no this is how you grow your business this is what you need to do this is what you need to do and you end up like restarting the process with so many different coaches a million times and and being told so much conflicting information so how did you block that out and know what you should focus on and what you shouldn't mm, I love this question because it's such a thing co-chopping is such a thing. The noise in the online space is such a thing. And it's hard when we're at the beginning. Like I remember in my nutrition business, just feeling so confused at that stage, it was very much like it's a mindset or it's a strategy. And there was no kind of blend or no in between. Um, and I kept flip-flopping from one to one because I had no idea what the problem was or what I needed to create what I wanted. And so I mean, so many things I didn't do, but the biggest thing I, I didn't do was absolutely block out the noise. And it was really from, honestly, just from experience of trying all of the things. So in my previous businesses, I kept going from like mindset to strategy, to maybe I'm missing the funnels to maybe I need to do this business course to maybe going all in on a mindset. And all of those things absolutely helped me, but I wasn't getting that holistic support all at once in the sense of, I was basically still trying to piecemeal a strategy to thing. I really got super intentional at the beginning, saw my own patterns of how, okay, so hopping from thing to thing, doing all of these lower level courses or programs wasn't serving me. And when I started this business, I just made the commitment to hire a high level coach. And that helped me a ton with focusing, but it also really required me 
I mean, I had a lot of, I had over 10 K of debt from my previous business at that stage. I was, I had fired all of my clients, was making no money, um, hadn't been employed for about four years. So I went and got two part-time jobs so I could be able to afford my mortgage and also food and also be able to invest in my business in the level I knew I needed. And so that was really just a realization of like, okay, well, this isn't working for me. (laughs) Piecemealing the strategies, going from mindset to strategy and trying to figure out all of those missing puzzle pieces myself wasn't working. I knew I was on the right path and I had learned a ton from my previous business, but I knew having that guiding support to help me find my way of doing the things was going to be a key piece. So basically trial and error of me doing it wrong and seeing my patterns and being willing to look at what was not working for me. And then hiring support was a really big piece of it. So, um, I mean, I hired, um, my coach about four weeks into the business and I'm still with her four years later, actually. So that's probably been a huge piece of my focus is like, not because like I couldn't have, I I couldn't do it without support, but there's so much power in having someone to help you remind yourself of what's true for you (laughs) and having a coach or investing in the support that allows you to find your way of doing the business and isn't telling you that there's a right way and a wrong way, I think is paramount to us being able to really move forward faster. I know I probably, I definitely wouldn't have scaled this quickly if that was true. Yeah. At all. Thank you for sharing that. I am such a big fan of long-term coaching. I, I, you know, talk to my clients about that as well a lot. Um, and you clearly walk your talk with that very seriously for the entire time you've been in business, you've been with the same coach. So yeah. Yeah, why is that? Why have you done that? Should I say? Yeah. Be- honestly, at this stage, I can't imagine how much work it would be to work with someone else and have to update them on my patterns and my business over the last four years. <laughs> Like that would just be the biggest waste of my time on the planet. And I mean, my mindset has always been really good in the sense of like, I know that I have the end, like I know what's best for me and I'm really good at trusting myself and what's best for me. And so I'm not, I mean, look, I have a human brain, so it happens, but I know there's no magical secret out there to me scaling to seven figure years. I know there isn't like, I know, like I basically need to keep what I'm doing, (laughs) Mm -hmm. of course, work on my mindset and increase my capacity to hold more, have more, all of the things, but it's not like I'm missing something. So I don't feel that desire to go seek out other random support. Um, and then the other piece of that, I think is, um, yeah, I walk my talk. I see that depth is the most powerful piece to helping us create wild and incredible things in our business and in our lives. Mm. Um, and I know that depth has to be built, <laughs> right? Like the stuff I talk about with a lot of my clients, you know, and a lot of my clients have been with me for years too, which I love, but that's like what I love. I love the depth. I think when we know someone really deeply, it's so much easier to see their patterns. It's so much easier for us to learn how to manage our brains on even bigger and bolder ways. And it's so much easier for us to move forward because we're not starting from day one again, like you were saying. And it really builds up. I think of course, having the right support is key. So I will say that like, of course, if it wasn't the right support, I wouldn't have stayed. Um, 
but it's in really being able to trust myself and also believe that I'm worthy of having support just because it feels good. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. So you have scaled to a million dollars in, in four years. What are some mm-hmm. of the things you didn't do to get there then? <laughs> Oh, so many. I can't wait. I love this question. So we've never done paid marketing. Mm -hmm. So we haven't paid a cent in Facebook ads or any kind of marketing at all. It's all been organic, which is something I'm really proud of because I think it speaks so much to what I teach (laughs) about the power of really good messaging, the power of connecting genuinely with your humans, the power of building real relationships and just how much higher that converts than keeping it surface level and kind of playing the turnover game, which I'm not a fan of in business personally. So no paid marketing. Um, I didn't even have a website until after we hit six figures. God, so saying that because so yeah. feel like they need a website. <laughs> I know. I didn't even have sales pages. Like there's just, I didn't, I have never prioritized those things. I remember, this is a good example. I remember in my previous business dealing with click funnels, which I hate to this day. No, no, I know. I mean, like, if you love it, that's great. I just don't like it. So, but I remember hearing that it was the right one. And like, this had the biggest conversions. And I remember spending so much money and time on trying to figure out what was going to be the best button color and the best way to style the page. And then when I started this business, I mean, I shut all that down because it was just wasting my time. I literally like did an opt-in on like a convert kit landing page, which is just very basic and fairly ghetto looking. And I had like a 70% conversion. So like, I just love sharing that because the tech is never the thing the tech is meant to support us. The tech is meant to make our lives easier. The power is not in the tech and the power is not in the website or the algorithm or any of those things. So no no fancy tech, like we run our systems very streamlined. Um, I, I do have a team now, but like everything we do is very streamlined and simple because I don't like wasting time on tech or fancy things. It's meant to like give us time, not take time. So that's a big belief of mine. Um, no sales scripts, no gross DMs, of course, or like any sort of like marketing that ever felt sleazy. Um, we don't like, I do all of the sales in house. That's just something that I like doing. All of my programs are very high touch. And so it's really just important to me to know the people I'm going to work with. Cause I want to make sure that it is genuinely a good fit. <laughs> it would not feel good to me to have a bunch of people in my programs that I didn't know and didn't really understand and didn't really feel for sure that I could help. Um, what else didn't we do? So we didn't do tech. We didn't do any fancy systems. I did hire a team member probably, oh, I had a hired a VA about three, four weeks in. So quite early on. Um, but that was super intentional and that enabled me to be able to take on more clients and leverage my time more and all of those pieces. Um, I didn't think I had to wait for the sales to be able to invest in my business. Um, or wait for the next client or any of that kind of stuff that our brain likes to tell us we have to do. Um, what else? No paid, no huge like webinars or, um, like, you know, 
big, big, big events that I felt like I had to do. We did lots of little conversion events at the beginning, but that was more for fun than anything. So never had to do sleazy stuff. Never really felt like I needed to, um, you know, invest in the tech, get the fancy webinars, get all of that stuff. I had just learned from mistakes in the past of like the email sequences and the funnels. That's another thing. Didn't have a, I think we had one very basic opt-in created, but no email funnels. We still are pretty slack on the email funnels. Um, not a lot of huge like processes or systems for marketing. Um, obviously that's been built up over time, but none of those things got me to my first six figures at all. Mm-hmm. I love that. So now as someone who's uh, normalizing six-figure launches, uh, Mm. what do you do? What do you focus on? Because that's a lot of things that you've sort of cut out that you don't focus on, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. So over time, some of those things like are like some, you know, like now we have like more opt-ins or different kind of lead generators, but still not a lot, probably like two or three. And -hmm. I'm pretty slack on all of that, to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. Um, so now my focus is so much more on my energy Mm -hmm. in the sense of it's, I'm really operating in my zone of genius, meaning I am like the head creator of content or marketing, um, also of thought leadership of what our business is about and what we're sharing to our people and the messages that we want to convey and how we're going to support our humans to be able to create huge amounts of revenue and purpose in their businesses. I am the head coach. So, you know, my mastermind does have some support coaches in it, but I'm the lead one. I am the first kind of touch for a lot of them. Everything I do is very high connection and high touch because I like working with my clients and I see how that supports them so deeply to have that continuity. Um, head of marketing. So I'm basically the CEO of like the directors, right? So I will look at previous launches, what went well, what didn't, what tweaks and things we can change. What are the patterns? What are we noticing in terms of buyer's behavior? Um, And really the one to communicate that to the team to see how they can support me and really the execution of any kind of changes or tweaks. But, you know, even in the first six figure launch compared to our, I think our previous launch before we had 150 K launch was 80. So we pretty much doubled it, which is pretty crazy. Not a lot changed. It was really what changed the most was probably me being out of more of the day to day. So the organization for our team to be executing on the marketing so that my brain could really be in the energy and the sales processes in speaking to my people, addressing objections, holding them through decision-making and really just kind of having my energy be in that anchored fun place of like, this is so working. I purposely, (laughs) I purposely schedule like a day of fun into my launches, at least more than one, but usually on the last launch day, I'll be totally offline and we'll just go do something fun. So I can really not get into that attached energy of like needing it to look a certain way or have to feel like I need to know where the right people are coming through or really holding that belief, no matter what the launch looks like. And I think that's so key to hear too, because, um, I did a recap of our first six figure launch and I haven't done that 
on this one, but it will be coming up soon. So I'll share lots in that on the podcast, but it, it is just so much more of like the mastery of not letting what we're seeing in our external reality, determine how we feel about what's possible. So mm-hmm. that, in, you know, means that like, I can't remember our first lunch exactly, but I know that like in the last week, it didn't look like it was going to happen. Even in the last couple of days before it closed, it didn't look like it was going to happen. And that's where we can either sink or swim, but this applies to so much of business too, right? That applies to like you signing your next client or like a sales call going not the way you wanted it to. And then deciding that like, you can't hit your goal or now it's not possible or now no one wants to work with you. So it's so much of those same mindset principles and really a deep understanding of how your brain works and where your brain likes to tell you bullshit when it's not true (laughs) and your ability to really identify that and manage it before it starts running off with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. I love that. And that is so true. It's so, as you were saying that I was just flooding back to all of these times where I've done that, right. Where like you have you feel like you have this external evidence that it's not going to happen and you just watch your your thoughts and your beliefs and your energy just completely sink. And I actually believe that's what then causes you to not get the results. Like 100%. Yeah. And so I think that's so powerful you said that because if you can, you know, maintain maintain that low attachment and high energy and just like mm. trust and surrender, and but still lean in, of course, I think that really is the quote unquote secret. And that's what's so powerful. But I know that that's not easy for everyone, especially if they don't have a heap of external evidence from the past that that's possible. So that's, it's definitely a journey and one I'm still working on as much as I can. But I've noticed that those times where my energy has been, you know, you know, in a really good place, it's resulted in incredible results. Yes. I love that. And I think it's so helpful to know that like, it's not easy for anyone. Like it's like, I'm better at it. It's still not always easy. Like it's really, and I get like at hundred percent can be super annoying to hear this, you know, when I'm like, Oh, you know, another six figure launch. And it can be really easy to be like, well, of course you believe that because look at the results. But I had to believe that when I was willing to like invest well over five figures when I was well over five figures in debt Mm. and really believe not just do it from a place of like, Oh my God, I hope she saves me (laughs) because I'm stuffed without this, but from a place of like, I'm going to do this. I'm deciding it's happening. I'm in it until it happens. Mm. And like, that is like so much of the belief that no matter what stage of business you're in practicing that and leaning into how do I anchor into that kind of level of self-trust is what will move mountains and create insane results. No strategy can make up for that at all, ever. (laughs) And it's why like me and my clients are able to do things really simply because they're willing to do that work. And like, uh, that's not necessarily an overnight thing. You know what I mean? And I know, you know, this Sophia, cause I know you're so committed to doing that mindset work too, but getting support and figuring out, okay, well, how do I trust myself to that level? That is so much of the work. Right. And I think that's a big piece of why I was able to keep my focus because I focused on that. Mm, that is so powerful. And I think that's such a beautiful spot to finish on to really get people to sink into that belief where you are, no, like no matter what now, like don't wait till you have 
X, Y, Z result before you can believe, before you can act, you know, you really need to do that first in order to to bring your vision to life. So there's some really powerful takeaways. I want to really thank you for your time and energy here today. And I would love for you to share where people can find you and, you know, where they can work with you. Thank you so much. Lovely. I've loved this conversation. Um, a couple places. So Instagram what is one of the places I love showing up in. If you love dogs, <laughs> you will love joining me there. <laughs> I will spam you with my labradoodles all the time. So you can find me at Elise underscore Danielle underscore on Instagram. Um, I'm, I also have an incredible group called the Purpose Driven Badass Entrepreneurs. There's literally four years worth of incredible trainings at your fingertips to come and access in there. Um, and then the podcast as well. So, uh, my podcast is called the things we didn't do. I have me and a whole bunch of incredible humans. As Sophia was saying, she was on last week, um, that share their journeys, their tech takeaways, and really help you see how simple it gets to be. Um, when we're really willing to do the work that really supports us to move forward. And that's the bulk of it. The only really thing I have open at the moment is um, the wait list for the mastermind. So you can check that out. That'll be on my um, Instagram and website as well, which is elisedanielle.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. I think everyone's going to absolutely get so many golden nuggets out of uh, today. So, so thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, then I want to invite you to join the Rising Coaches Mastermind, the perfect program for you to master your mindset, create an aligned and profitable strategy, and grow a six-figure business you love using the Rising Coach method. This is the exact mastermind where I share how I've built a multi-six-figure business in under two years. We gratefully sell quickly, and I personally take calls to see if you're the right fit. So don't wait, head over to sophiarosevenardi.com slash chat and book in your free call to see if it's the right fit for you.